and welcome. You're listening to Help with Ashley Yagi, where I share shortcuts to success for optimal mental health, meaningful relationships, and living the life God is calling you to. Because don't we all need just a little help now and then? I know I sure do. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, my friends. This weekend is my 14th wedding anniversary, and sadly, I believe it's our last anniversary. I'm sure I'll talk more about that in future episodes, but today I want to share what I've learned in 14 years as my husband has walked away from our shared faith. I want to emphasize that this is not the reason for the ending of our marriage and that faith differences, though difficult, can be navigated in a marriage and in any other relationship. I will not share much of his story as that is his to share, but I want to share mine and some things I've learned from working with clients on both sides of this struggle as well as my own experiences. I know this is a super sensitive topic and one that touches almost all members of the church. Most of us know and love someone who is not fully active in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and most of us dearly wish those individuals were enjoying the blessings associated with the church. How much heartache I have seen in mothers advanced in years worrying over their children and grandchildren who are no longer active in the church, feeling like they failed somehow, wondering what else they could have done or could still do for their family members. I had been married just over a year when my husband shared with me that he was struggling to believe in God and in the church. It was such a surprise to me. My thoughts were scattered. I wondered how we could be in this place when I know he knew I expected to be married to someone active in the church. I was also a newlywed. I told him I would leave the church with him so we could stay united. We both entertained that idea for about five minutes before seeing I'd be completely miserable as the church is everything to me. We decided he needed to be true to himself and I needed to be true to myself. He would decide how much to participate in church and I would remain 100% active. I started to question everything about him and about our marriage. The church was the foundation of our marriage. Take that away and then what? What guides our decisions? What guides how we raise our children? What guides our values? Does he still have the same values? What does he believe? Is he going to start trying a bunch of things that the church discourages like drinking or partying? Is he going to change? Is our marriage okay? Do we stay married? Are his feelings for me going to change? Are his priorities going to change? What do we have in common if we don't share the gospel? And how can I do the church thing alone? So many questions and fears, and I kept them all to myself. My thought was, this is his thing. It is for him to share, not me. That thought and decision made the next several months so very difficult. I felt so alone. I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone. My husband was going through a difficult challenge of a faith transition And I was fighting for my faith. I was fighting to feel anything. In that first year of our marriage, he was the one leading us spiritually. I had come to lean on him. Now all of a sudden, I had to learn to stand on my own two feet again spiritually. I saw this divide where each decision felt like choosing between God and my faith or my husband. I had to learn to reconcile that and learn to feel close to both of them. Everything got easier with time. And it got easier with support. My husband and I took things as they came up. We worked on building other parts of our marriage to hold things together. My faith and testimony grew stronger than ever before, and I learned of a God who stands by me in challenging times. I get to choose God again and again, 
and I could also choose my marriage again and again. Here are six things I'd share with anyone struggling with a loved one leaving the church. First, find a support group or make a support group for yourself. Talk about it. Share the experience with others. I now have so much compassion for those going through a faith transition after seeing my husband's journey and the journey of multiple clients. Anyone questioning or transitioning their faith need empathy, love, and support. Also, the people close to those people need the same. It's hard for both sides. We need to hear that others are going through the same thing. We need to hear that we are not alone. We need to hear others have successfully navigated it. If you are in this position, speak, share, talk. Do it all the time, frequently. If you're going through something, you need to gather a support system. Do not isolate. Do not make the same mistake I made. It made it so much harder. I could have asked my husband if I could share what is happening with whoever I decided would be a safe person. Get a therapist or a coach if you need to, someone outside of your own circle, or find the ones inside your circle that you can talk to. Talk to people about what you're going through. Find a support group online. There's lots on Facebook. Read other people's experiences online. There are YouTube videos and podcast episodes about this. Seek those out. Whatever you can do to see, feel, and know you are not alone. Pray to know where to go, and you will be directed. Pray to know who you can talk to, and the right people will come into your life. Second, keep your own faith strong. Check out your spiritual habits. Are you connecting with heaven daily? Are you keeping your covenants? Do you have other believers in your circle? I tried to speak with every priesthood leader in every interview I had through all those years about my situation and the challenge it was for me, and this is always the advice I received. Keep my covenants. Keep my faith strong. I have to live according to my own values, my own beliefs. This is the only way for me. This is also the direction I received from heaven. The best way to help in my situation was to keep my own covenants, to live my own faith, and the person that helped the most was me. Third, halt catastrophizing. It doesn't help to feed the questions or fears. Things might be difficult, yeah. There might be some changes, of course. Things might not be difficult. Many things will stay the same. Give equal airtime to your concerns and to refuting them. Look for all that you still have in common. Realize that the person is still the same person that they were. Look for all the things that are going to stay the same. Give equal airtime to the concerns and to refuting them. Number four, set boundaries. Both you and the other person need to decide what you're okay with and what you are not okay with. What are you okay with in your home, in regards to your children, in regards to your relationship? What are you not okay with? Revisit these boundaries and see if they need changed or adjusted. Do you like your reasons? If you do, hold to them. For me, I could never stay in a relationship where I was not allowed to practice my faith or teach it to my children. That was my boundary. My husband set up boundaries for himself also, what he was okay with and not okay with. We tried to respect those boundaries and that made our relationship work. Number five, never give up on miracles or see the person as beyond the reach of your prayers. I was reviewing the talk from our most recent conference entitled, And They Sought to See Jesus Who He Was by Elder James W. McConkie III with my Inklings Institute group this week. And there was a big emphasis on the fact that Jesus did not heal the man sick with the palsy because of the man's faith, but because, quote, Jesus saw their faith. 
end quote, as it says in Mark 2, 5. This reminded me of other instances where the faith of others brought about the miracle, such as with Alma the Younger. It was the faith of Alma and the members of the church who brought about that miracle, as it says in Mosiah 27, 14, quote, The angel said, Behold, the Lord hath heard the prayers of his people and also the prayers of his servant Alma, who is thy father. For he has prayed with much faith concerning thee, that thou mightest be brought to the knowledge of the truth. Therefore, for this purpose have I come to convince thee of the power and authority of God, that the prayers of his servants might be answered according to their faith. End quote. Christ will save all the works of his hands. See Doctrine and Covenants 7643. We have to trust our loved ones to Christ, who is mighty to save. See Alma 3418. And remember that the Lord works on a different timetable than we do. His plan is more beautiful for each of us than we can possibly imagine. We can keep praying for those people, and it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to receive a miracle today, or tomorrow, or next week, or maybe in a year, or in five years, or in ten years. We may not even receive that in 50 years. But remember, the Lord has a long game. He has a plan, and we can continue to pray for those people and for the miracles that we seek. And number six, the last piece of advice, the sixth thing, trust the person themselves. They're trying their best to live according to what they feel is right and they want to be accepted. Let them live according to the dictates of their own conscience, see Article of Faith 11, and let them act in their agency. If they were a good person before, they're still a good person. Look for all the good in the person. Trust them to learn from their own experience to choose the good from the evil. We do not know their path. We are not in their shoes. Give them the opportunity to share their views and experiences as much as you're comfortable with, without an agenda of trying to convince them of your beliefs and views, or to convince them of why they're wrong. Simply listen. Support them in finding their people so they are not alone. Can you imagine the challenge of walking away from a faith you built your life around? Can you imagine having to tell all the people closest to you that something mutually important is no longer true for you? If the journey is difficult for you, it is probably five times as difficult for them. They need to continue to feel loved and accepted. They need to continue to feel like they're just as much a part of your life and they have a place with you. Everything in a relationship can be placed between you and create distance, or you can stand together and place it before you and navigate it together. When we face things together, we can face far more than when we stand apart. So my summary in 60 seconds or less is this. If you have a loved one leaving a shared faith, build a support system. Do not go through it alone. Find a community. Build your own faith. Move toward God, not away. The best thing you can do for yourself and your loved one is keep your own footing. Keep your faith. Keep your covenants. Everything else is shifting in their life. They don't want to see you shifting as well. Don't get stuck catastrophizing or feed your fears. Work equally hard to refute those and see that much remains the same. Set boundaries. What are you both okay with? Respect those boundaries. Redefine them as needed, but know what you are okay with and what you are not okay with. Trust your loved ones to God. He knows and loves them too. He will look out for them. It is never our job to do the rescuing or the healing. It is his work and he is far more capable than we are, than we ever can be. And finally, trust your loved ones. Trust that they are on the right path for them at this time. Nothing has gone wrong. They are doing the best with what they have. They need to be true to themselves. They need to follow their conscience. 
You are not in their shoes. You don't know what's best for them. And trust in God's long game. Honor agency. Work out your own salvation. Offer support and keep loving. I will link to a few good articles and places you can go for community. Remember, time is your friend. It will get easier. Your relationships can be better than ever. Relationships always take effort and work. And if you are putting those things in, you can be building something beautiful. Happy December, my friends. I hope you enjoy your day and your month and your Christmas season. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. Subscribe and share to keep these episodes coming. The content shared is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be used for diagnosing or treating a mental health problem.